Hello and welcome back to our daily devotional podcast. Today I want to talk about one of the realities or truths of life that each of us will have to account for how we lived our lives at the end of time. Let's look at Matthew chapter 25 verse 14 to 30. Matthew 25 verse 14 to 30. Let us pray. Father, we ask that you speak your truths to us, allowing us to know the nature of our lives, calling upon our lives, what you ask of us at the end of our lives. Speak to us, Lord, as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew 25, 14-30 Again it will be like a man going on a journey, who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the one who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers, so that when I returned I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him, give it to the one who has ten bags, For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This parable is one of four final parables that Jesus told about the meaning of life or the the responsibility of life. In these four parables, Jesus makes very clear that we have to account for our lives. Earlier in the Gospel and the other parables, Jesus likened um, the Kingdom of Heaven to things that would would bring joy to people, bring peace. But at this, towards the end of his ministry, He wanted his disciples to be very clear, not only his disciples, but he wanted his audience to be very clear that each one would have to account for our lives. And so in the first parable of the servant, 
the servant who the good servant who served other servants dutifully and the bad servant who abused his fellow servants it had to do with our duty to care for each other and then the second parable was about the bridesmaids five bridesmaids who bothered to carry the jars of oil or the other five didn't look further than they're just going to celebrate the bridegroom's coming. And that was about being consistent in our love for Christ, being consistent in our living a holy life, and also being constant that we are here for the long run. Today's devotion is about three servants. Three servants who were given different amounts of gold. They were not small amounts. One had five bags, another had three bags, and one had one bag. And the implications of this is once again that we have to make something of our lives. And then tomorrow the parable will be about the sheep and the goats, about how God divides us according to how we have lived our lives and what we have become in the living of our lives. So it's very clear that we must account for our lives. We are not here just to flit away our lives worthlessly, sometimes in enjoyment, sometimes just a waste of our time. But we are called to account, to live our lives well. There is a commission for all of us in our lives. This parable makes very clear that each of us is like the servant who is given different amounts of value, of valuable things. In the King James Version, it's called talent, and so we equate that with talents, but actually it's a lot more than talent. It's all that we have in that bag. Now, if you could look at it in two ways, you could see this as a very exciting adventure that God is sending you to. You could open your bag of gold and look at it and see what is, what is inside, and then start thinking excitedly, how do I invest this? How do I get the best returns? for my investment, that I may present to my master at the end of my life the things that I've made of my life. Or you could see all this as an imposition, that God is making your life miserable because instead of allowing you to enjoy your life, He makes you serve Him. And you don't like the idea of serving Him, you rather live your life in enjoyment why must you spend your life serving God or serving others? You see, the problem with the, the third servant, the one who was accused of being lazy, was not that he had few resources. He had a bag of gold. He didn't have nothing. He didn't have one, one piece of gold or one silver piece of one piece of silver. He had a full bag of gold. That is not nothing. It is really quite a lot. So his problem wasn't that he wasn't given resources. His problem was that he saw his master's commission to him as an imposition on his life. And hence he became bitter with the master. He said to the master, Master, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And so I went and hid that gold that what you have given me the master said you're simply a wicked and lazy servant if you knew these things about me or you thought these things about me then you would have done better with 
what I've given you. You see, the problem with this servant then wasn't simply that he was afraid. I don't. I think he was making excuses. He simply was lazy. And he saw service, he saw this commission to serve and to account for his life as an imposition on his life. And that's the danger that many of us face. We see service as an imposition. We want the bare minimum, maybe just to come to church, maybe read, do a bit of quiet time, but live my life as I like. And we see this call to serve as a great imposition, a nuisance, basically, to us. But you see, God doesn't actually force us in that way. Because to go into investment for God is a great is a great adventure. I'm not much of a business person, I'm a very poor entrepreneur. And yet I love to see investments grow. I love to see whether it is church funds or our charity funds when I was working in prison fellowship or my own funds. I love to see investments grow. It's fun. I love to think about how to fully make use of the resources that I have or the organization has and make all that grow. Investing in with what we have is a great adventure. And so it can be for all of you. You could open that bag and look into the bag and ask yourself, what can I do with this exciting load of gold? How do I invest my life? And see this as a great adventure for all of us. And so let's open our bags and look at some of the things that God has given to us. The first, of course, would be our abilities. Talents, we may call it spiritual gifts. I don't like the dichotomy between spiritual gifts and uh, natural gifts. Some would draw such distinctions. But I rather see that all of these are given by God, whether it is an ability to sing or an ability to write, ability to earn money and to be an entrepreneur, or whether it is an ability to pray for healing or to prophesy or to teach the Bible. I think all of them are given by God and I wouldn't draw, not at least for this purpose, to draw any distinction between the spiritual gifts and the natural gifts. We look at this whole bag of what God has given to us. It's fun, it's exciting because when you sit down and ask yourself, what has God given to me? It may not be one bag, it may be five bags, it could even be ten bags this whole bag of abilities that God has given to you. And then you place them before God and you ask God, God, make my life count. Use these for your purpose and you will see the adventure that God leads you to. But you've got to be excited about this. You've got not to see this as an imposition, but as an excitement in your life because that indeed is an excitement in your life. Let me give you some examples. When I was in Barker Road, we had an outreach point called uh, Oasis. And that Oasis was in Bukit Batok where it served the very poor in that area. It also served St. Luke's Hospital. Well, one day, two persons, one a staff of the church and another um, who visited him, they found that they were both, they had known each other from uh, Singapore, SSY, SYO, Singapore Youth Orchestra. They were both violinists and 
pretty accomplished violinist. And then they had another staff who was a guitarist, a very good guitarist, and they sat together and they thought, hey, why not make music together? And so what they did was they went to the hospital, to the hardest of wards where people there were most depressed, the palliative ward, that's where people are prepped to die. The ward for those who are permanently paralyzed and those in coma. They chose these toughest ones and every Friday afternoon they would spend an hour or two playing beautiful music. A lot of stories were told, testimonies were told of the reaction of these patients. There was one who seemed to be in a coma, but as he listened to the music, he started tearing. There was another who would not speak, who was catatonic, and yet, after listening several times, he began to speak and express himself. But God used the talents of these three persons to minister to a hospital where many had little hope. In that same church, there was a staff who was Vietnamese, who was Vietnamese, Little did they know that just her race alone would make all the difference because one day they had a student, a Vietnamese student who was trying to pass his entry, entrance exam to Singapore schools. And so she helped him with it, helped his mother with it, with, with settling in. Before long, there was a whole Vietnamese community in that church. By the time I left Barker, there were 20 more than 20 students, present students, and more than 20 had already graduated from the program, had moved on, and were still, many of whom were still worshipping in that church. Just simple abilities. You know, if you uh, come to church this Sunday, go to Zone C. Well, just take a peek. You're not allowed to go in because, uh, you know, the zoning things. But have you seen the props in the children's ministry will blow your mind off. But it's done because someone had the ability, the talent to decorate, make props, and he decided to serve God in that way. Abilities are important. And there are so many of you with so different and so many great abilities. Whether they are abilities, the spiritual side, the abilities that are natural. I noticed too, as we were talking, that number of you are good in English. Writers, I think. Writers, teachers. How about it? Meet others. Talk about it. Wonder and pray what you can do with it. Someone among, among you also talked about the great discrepancy between the rich and the poor. How the rich got was able to afford enrichment classes and the best tutors, while the poor had nothing. Maybe that's an idea. We give the best for the poor as well. But you know, as you gather together and you talk and you explore and you talk about what's deep in your hearts, not about small things, but really what God is saying to you, perhaps you discover that there is so much gold that God has given you that could be used in service to Him. It could be service in the church, it could be service outside of the church. It doesn't matter. What's really important is that you come before God and you say, God, let my life count for you. Let me embark on this adventure of service to you. Help me to see the treasure that you have given to me, what I can do with that treasure. 
you may discover wonderful things. I uh, that reminds me, I had this friend who was, um, who was trying out various ministries and he couldn't fit into any. And one day, seeing what his profession was, he was a banker. We got him into the finance com- finance committee, and then he settled in and said, "My goodness, finally, I found a fit. I can steward God's money." You see, it could be anything at all, but you got to ask God to show you what it is. Talk to like-minded friends, people who whom you discover share the same interests, and then. Use it. Start on that journey of service, making your life count. The second group of gold, so to speak, is time. You need time to do this. Often it calls for what may seem to be sacrifice. But you know, as you embark on it, you may discover that it's no sacrifice at all. It is great joy. Sometimes you have to give up your favorite TV show. Sometimes it may be giving up a Sunday afternoon or Saturday morning where you used to just rest and relax. But as you embark on it, you may discover that you have actually found something that is far more fun, far better than what you have given up. I have experienced this many, many times. At times, it was difficult. When I started going to prison to serve as a volunteer, that was before I went to Bible college, there was a group, I was in the choir, and in that choir, was we were so tightly knit. We met every Sunday, we went to play squash, we got together in each other's houses, we chatted, we had lunch together. We did so much together, and it was fun. And then when I felt God leading me to visit the prison every Sunday, I had to leave my church service and go straight to prison every Sunday. It was painful. Painful to leave this whole group of friends behind. It seemed like such a sacrifice. A few months later, I realized there was no sacrifice at all. That I found something that was so close to my heart. I enjoyed it very much. Even though often, every Sunday I reach home at about 6 or 7 in the evening, exhausted, only to start work the next day. But it seemed like just doing this was such great, I would even call it enjoyment for me, that it didn't matter that it took the rest of my Sunday. It was, in many ways, rest for me. And so you do have to count the cost. You do have to look at what time you can give. But when you have done that, give that time, and you may discover that it's one of the best investments you have ever had. The third load of gold that you might discover would be your circumstances. You know, circumstances we sometimes think often are to our disadvantage. But some of the best ministries were started from the most painful circumstances. A close friend of mine, actually she was my former Sunday school teacher. Her husband passed away very suddenly within a week of an illness. And she was distraught, she was grieving very badly. But in her deep grief, she just cried to God and said, God, how do you redeem grief like mine? And at that moment, God showed her, call another widow. She called another widow and another and widow after widow. She discovered 
that very often many of the widows had been widowed for decades, 10, 20, 30 years, and had not healed from their widowhood. They were still grieving. Together, they called each other, they supported each other, and soon it became almost like a movement where widows called other widows, sharing their pain, but encouraging each other. Even in her grief, she had moved the church into something new, something that would heal others. Some of your circumstances are the worst ever. Single parents, I've noticed that in our church we have many single parents. Perhaps that too is a ministry. In the pain of your circumstances, God may be calling you to use those circumstances to heal others. You know, one of the things that we do often in prison is that we can't reach out to many prisoners who are of other religions because as volunteers, we are, they're out of bounds to us. But the prisoners who have become faithful Christians are the best evangelists. They go to places where no one else is allowed to go. They speak to people where others are not allowed to speak to. And they bring the gospel to them. Look at your circumstances. What are the circumstances that you have? And then say this prayer, God, redeem my circumstances. Even in the midst of the worst circumstances, redeem it for your glory, that I may serve others even through my pain. But not always do we have bad circumstances. Sometimes they are great circumstances. Sometimes you're given opportunities to, to work in certain areas. See those also as opportunities. But first, ask God for that creativity because that bag of gold that He's given to you is precious. And it's something that will bless you and for you to bless others with. Okay, but how do you start? Well, I learned this from um, my... My dear colleague, um, my dear colleague Chris Chong, who calls me the saboteur, the chief saboteur, because I keep sabotaging my my colleagues. Well, he taught me this, which he borrowed from somewhere else. These three uh, principles: first, think big. When we think big, it is not being a megalomaniac, thinking big of ourselves. We think big of what God can do. We think big indignantly, indignant for God. Take King David, for example. King David was a shepherd boy. But when he was confronted with Goliath, who laughed at him, the shepherd boy David said, This God who has protected me from the lion and the bear, what's this uncivilized, uncircumcised Philistine to God? And he went with a slingshot and killed, the soldier, the, killed Goliath, the hero of the Philistines. He had big thoughts. He had big dreams. He didn't think. He 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 didn't just think small. He believed that he had a very big God. Many of you also have big dreams, big indignation about God, about how God can impact communities. God can impact many people. Allow yourself to dream big. Second, start small. 
Start with whatever little you have. You know, even as we think big, we realize that many of the things that we do start very small and we don't even imagine, can't even imagine that they'll be big things. David didn't imagine himself to be a great warrior when he was brought to before King Saul and given a whole coat of armor to fight against Goliath. He just figured he couldn't carry, even carry his armor. All he could handle was a slingshot and five smooth stones. But that's all he needed, starting small. Many of the projects that we go on to start small and we don't even expect them to grow big. You know, I never expected myself to be a prison chaplain to watch over prison ministry for the entire prison. When I started, it came out of curiosity. Well, it was more than curiosity. I had seen how God worked in an accused person's life. I wanted to see then how God, what God was doing in prison. But I couldn't get in, so I found a Sunday school teacher and my Sunday school teacher had now become had then become um, the boss of a Christian drug rehab center and asked if I could go and serve in some small way so she got me in as a tutor and from tutoring students I went full-time and became a van driver and then after that I went to Bible college and then I went to serve in prison and got into death row and after a long period was asked to head prison ministry. But never thought that I'd go so far. I just wanted to see what little bit that God was doing among people whom we thought God had forsaken. Many of you wouldn't be able to see beyond a little bit small actions, serving in one way, giving tuition to one person, maybe ministering in small ways to another. But just start small. Some time ago, I shared with you about this church, this very small church called Church of the Saviour. And they had such huge ministries, but none of these huge ministries started big. They started with a doctor who saw a few sick people who couldn't afford medical care and took care of them. And they grew into a hospital a teacher who gave tuition to a few poor kids and it became a school. The end product always blows our mind, but it always starts small. Take the ministries one small step at a time. And finally, don't take too long. Start immediately, start fast. Talk to a few friends and then go into action. Because when we procrastinate, thinking that we are too small or wondering what to do and not knowing how to start and, and then waiting for the pastor to tell you what to do. Now, that's the biggest mistake you should, you should avoid. Just plan something and go start it. Do not come, well, I mean, sure, come to me and get some advice, but do not wait for me to organize things. But rather, because God would have spoken to you directly, you start or you find a few friends and start something that will minister to people and watch God make the difference. You see, God wants us to make our lives count. 
But let me say that deep inside you, it also is a longing that your life will count. It is not an imposition by a cruel and wicked God who neither sows nor does any work, just makes you do the work. You will know deep in your heart that that's not true. That deep in your heart you will know that you were created for a purpose. That your life will count for others. Take it positively as an adventure and start asking God, God, show me this bag of gold, what I can do with it. And let's get on with the work. Let us pray. Father, you have given us so many abilities and you are creatively at work in our lives all the time. Father, draw us into this adventure of living for you and for others. Draw us into this adventure of exploring and discovering the treasures that you have given to us, the treasures that can be invested in the lives of others and in our own life. Father, make us excited about what you can do through us. Even when beginnings are small, even when the beginnings may not seem to amount to anything, and yet, Lord, as you use us, then you grow the ministries as you please. I pray for each one who listens to this podcast. I pray, Lord, for each one that you will speak to us you will reveal to us the gifts that you have given to us. You will reveal to us the opportunities that we have. And Lord, the people who need our gifts. So lead us, Lord. Show us how to make our lives count. That at the end of our lives, Lord, we may place all these before you. and Not proudly, but thankfully saying, God, thank you for this opportunity. It has indeed been a great ride. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you all have a great day. And yes, pay attention to what God has given to you because it's so exciting. And then start looking out for opportunities to use the things that God has given to you. God bless you. And God, goodbye.